We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Top of the hour is being brought to you by DuckDuckGo, Privacy Simplified. And this hour is being brought to you by Boozy Bank. Ray, let's go. Lawrence Holmes, noon to two on Sports Radio 670, The Score. Let's go now. You fired the first shot. Let's go, man. Jason Leisure. I'm here in the studio at The Score. This is a very, very special honor for you. Co-host of the Sports Adjacent Podcast. I don't really like doing the radio, man. Yes. I don't like doing sports radio like the typical. That's why I've wanted to be on your show because your show is, uh, what's the word for it? Interesting. His takes will leave you speechless. It feels like there is some hateration and holleration in the century because I do feel like mm. Jason and, and Tony, there's a little bit of hate there. I'm not sure what holleration means. I'll just be upfront with that. <laughs> I can figure out hateration. I'm not sure about holleration. Jason Leisure on the Lawrence Holmes Show on The Score. Jason Leisure joins me on the Circa Resort and Casino Hotline. Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. He covers the Bears for the Sun-Times, and the draft is upon us. At least for everyone else. For the Bears, not so much. At least not yet. Although, you do have two second-round picks. You could theoretically trade into the first round if there was something that you wanted. Mr. Leisure, you wrote a whole piece in the Sun-Times about Ryan Poles and his new strategy. Is there anything about him that makes you believe that he might trade into the first round? No. Lawrence, what are you doing, man? You trying to tempt him into doing something stupid tonight? Come on, man. No, no. I, I would like for him to, to stay where he's at. I just know that sometimes the, the, the energy of the draft forces people to do bad things. We saw it for seven years before Ryan Poles took the job, and it's part of the reason I think Ryan Poles is in the job. But you've had a chance to actually talk to him about this stuff. What are what do we know about the approach that the Bears are, are going to take in this year's draft? Well, we know a little. I mean, Ryan Poles has been on this job for three months. I am still getting to know Ryan Poles. And the way you get to know one of these people is – through your interviews and through your off-the-record conversations and through what they do. And people don't really know Bill Belichick, but they know what he does, so they kind of know how he approaches things. I think one of the things that I think people are going to find refreshing about Ryan Poles after the last seven years of Ryan Pace is that I think Ryan Poles is a pragmatist. I think he knows how much uncertainty there is in the draft. And where you get caught up in the draft is where you make mistakes, I think, is 
believing that you somehow know something everybody else doesn't know in the entire league. When everybody has, when there's 32 teams with staffs that are dedicated for months and months and months to analyzing this, and you see the results are still, guys get picked in the top 10 and they don't work out. There's so much unpredictability with this that the worst mistake you can make is to reject all of that evidence and say, no, 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 I can predict this. So if you're like Ryan Poles or like me, and you, re- you accept and acknowledge, hey, reality is this is not something everybody can predict. There is a lot of uncertainty in this. And if you're playing a game that's, full, that's, that's got a lot of luck and a lot of uncertainty, what you want is as many chances as possible. That's what the Patriots always do. That's why they trade back, because they get it. They, they don't draft better than anybody else. There's no one that drafts particularly better than anybody else. What you want is a bunch of chances. A bunch of lottery tickets that can then maybe turn into really great players. I, I was interested in one of the things in, in your piece. Did polls he, he tested out, like he ran a mock to see what happens in his group once once certain players go off the board? Yeah, I thought this was interesting. So there was, ton, there was he ran a lot of these simulations where uh, it's, I assume, a computerized simulation of what every other team is going to pick, or maybe he has guys pick people so that it's a little, it adds a little bit of randomness to it. But to put themselves in the position of, hey, here we are in our second round pick. Here's who's, here's who we wanted, and they're gone now. What do we do? Or uh, he said he had somebody calling in with fake trades. I mean, it's all fake, but calling in with trade offers to see, oh, hey, do we want to make this move? Would we trade back or trade up or, you know, trade a pick for this player or whatever? So they, they ran through this scenario over and over, all the different possible scenarios, they think at least. And they, they've done all the preparation that every other team has done. And then he said Tuesday that he wanted to have one more meeting with his staff about this and then leave it. Don't keep moving guys around on your board. Like trust the three or four months worth of work that's gone into this and don't get caught up in all of what you just alluded to, all that wildness that comes that it just seems to escalate as you get closer and closer to the actual day. And he talks a lot about discipline. I don't. I, I think he talks. He uses that. He, he uses that word more than anyone I've ever heard as an executive. He talks about discipline, and you know what he means is like sticking to his plan and not boxing out future plans because of emotional and rash uh, decisions in the moment. So I think that his big move tonight is going to be to not make any moves, to not do anything, to keep those two second round picks. I I like the idea of of the lack of paralysis by analysis where maybe maybe he will be like tossing and turning you know going into tomorrow or whatever but the the idea of we've run the scenarios we've done the work like we've trusted ourselves to do the work instead of grinding until the minute you have an opportunity to make a trade or make a pick I think that approach is actually a fairly level-headed one where it's, all right, guys, we've done all the work. Everyone go enjoy your night, and we'll figure this whole thing out when we get on the board on Friday. Yeah, I mean, I think that that exudes a lot of confidence in the work that he's done. Why would something that happens in the in you know the 36 to 48 hours leading up to the draft, why would that outweigh 
months and months of scouting and research and all these decisions that they've kind of worked through in advance in case they come up. Now that there's actually been a little bit of time with the coach having players on the field, the Bears with a new coach got a chance to do stuff earlier than other teams in the NFL. Is there anything to be gleaned from what we from what we think we know about Matt Eberflus? Well, I think that the players are responding well to him. I think he has come in with much less of the rah-rah approach that they had before um, with Matt Nagy. And I think it's been a much more business-like, hey, look, this is it. We're just laying it out real clearly here for you. This is what we're going to do. This is what we expect. Start doing it or there's not going to be a place for you here. And I don't think he's being, you know, I don't know what words you can say on the radio or not, but I don't think he's being particularly hard about it. Um, But I think it's just very straightforward. It's an adult-to-adult way of communicating. But he's also, Lawrence, he's also brought in a bunch of new guys. He's brought in a bunch of players that are not really, no one really that they've added is, is an exciting player based on their resume, but they're guys that are going to buy into Matt Eberflus's system and fit Matt Eberflus's system. So there's not really that much of a sales job here for him. Like when I look at his defense and I think, who does he really have to sell on this? It would be Roquan Smith and Eddie Jackson and Roquan Smith was talking as though he was the one that hired Matt Eberflus. So that's done. Like he's got Wait, 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 wait. What do you mean by that? What do you mean? He was talking about him like he hired him. What do you mean by that? Like that like well, like Roquan Smith was that positive about him. Like Roquan Smith was so sold on Matt Eberflus that he was talking about him almost the same way that Brian Poles talks about Matt Eberflus. Like that he was that enthusiastic about Matt Eberflus's plan and about him as a coach. I saw that, that Eddie Jackson Eddie Jackson was talking about, you know, oh, you know, we've got a lot of good pieces. And I'm just sitting there like, look, man, you might not you might not carry the same weight that you used to carry around this franchise because these because these new guys don't have anything invested in you. Eddie Jackson, by the way, is a perfect example of the unpredictability of the draft because you get him in the fourth round. He turns out to be such a better player than his draft selection. Then you have him in your building every day for, what, four years before they gave him the extension, three years? You have him in there every day. You know everything about this guy at that point, so much so that you're sold, give him an extension, and then look what happens. I mean, there's so much unpredictability when you're dealing with personnel like this. But as far as Eddie Jackson and where he fits in this defense, I'm looking at Roquan Smith saying, like, he needs to be partners. Matt Eberflus needs to be partners with him. In the same way that Luke Getze needs Justin Fields as a partner, it's not just another player. It's not just another good player even. You need Roquan Smith to be like your second-in-command, basically, almost like another defensive coordinator. And you're looking at him as the guy running everything. You're looking at Robert Quinn as another really good player on your team. Jalen Johnson, another really good piece. Eddie Jackson, I don't know. I mean, he could be, maybe. That's the guy you really want to see if he'll buy in. And Eddie Jackson was talking about buying in, but we, we heard that the last couple of years. We heard a lot of talk about buying in from him and about working on tackling, and then there was never any – the results never materialized out of that. But at best, those are like your four really good players. And then you're counting on Matt Eberflus and his defensive expertise to figure the rest of it out. Jason Leisure of the Sun-Times joining me here on The Score. You should also check out his podcast, Sports Adjacent. It's very funny, including – 
the towel, the face towel, bath towel conversation that happened on this week's episode. It is worth your time and a cultural exchange for everyone. Um, (laughs) You guys are ridiculous. But uh, I I want to ask you about Justin Fields. You saw him from the moment that he was drafted and you covered him all last season. In seeing him talk a couple weeks ago, do you think that he's changed after a season in the NFL? And how would you describe that change? I think he feels better. I, this isn't what he's saying. I mean, he's he's been very professional in how he's talked about last season. And I don't think you're going to ever see him diverge from that. But imagine what it must have been like. And Im- imagine working in a place where everything is dysfunctional. Like picture, your, you know, anybody that's listening, picture your own job, picture having a bad boss, picture having bad coworkers, uh, dysfunctional mission, you know, for the company. And then somebody else comes in and is like, we're firing all those people. We're clearing out all the problems and we're going to come in and do this normal. And guess what? You, the person at the center, of all this, we want you, you help us figure out how this needs to be. So mm. that alone is very empowering to him and it must feel light to him it must feel like a relief i would think um so they are banking on that being a big cause of his improvement i would say there's a lot more to do and i would sit here and look at this offseason as of right this moment and say they have not done enough personnel wise to help him that those changes will help but that isn't enough do you imagine that they will consult is not the right word but when it comes to some of the offensive players, do you think they'll take his input at all? I think they have to. I don't know if they will or not. I don't, I, I, I'm not going to pretend like I know you know, Luke Getze and Ryan Poles and everything well enough to really make a judgment on that at this stage when they've only been around for a couple of months. But I think they need to. I think that Justin Fields, regardless of what you think of where he's at as a player or anything like that right now, he's going to be here. You have sunk uh, the previous regime sunk enough into him that he's going to be here. So he, in effect, whether he lives up to it or not, is your franchise quarterback right now. And the best thing you could do to help him actually be a real franchise quarterback is to treat him like he already is. How would you rank the needs for the Bears in the draft? Oh, my gosh, cornerback. Cornerback, the house is on fire at cornerback. If you care at all about this season, the alarm bells are going off. That's the emergency. If you're triaging these many problems, I mean, think what a uh, that was. That was such um, an indefensible plan last season to go into the season with only one cornerback that you knew was good in Jalen Johnson. And guess what? That's where they still are today. Like they haven't added anybody that changed that equation at all. That is red alert. Like they have other problems. They do, but that's that to me. If you care at all about anything this season. That's red alert. That that is the house on fire at cornerback right there. Okay, all right. That, that's something I will for sure keep my eyes out for. What should I be looking for from the Sun Times as far as coverage goes? Oh, everything, man. The best in the business, of course. Uh, me and Patrick and Patti will be on this all three days, and then some, and then uh, everybody will be in for rookie camp next week. So we'll get a chance to start uh, getting to know these guys and seeing how they look and. Uh, Spinning it forward, man. I, it's really, you're looking at this as a multi-year project right now. So, you know, when I say if you really care about what happens this year, there's, there's to some extent, you don't. Because this is really a lot more about 
where this thing is headed big picture for 2023 and 2024. Mr. Leisure, as always, I appreciate the time and the information. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you, Lawrence. You're welcome. That is Jason Leisure. He of the Sports Adjacent Podcast, which if you have not listened to it, I'm telling you, those three dudes have a time, and every week is an adventure in listening to it. The Sports Adjacent Podcast, it's it's really, really terrific. You know what we haven't done yet on today's show? We have not talked about the Bulls. And I'm sure some of you are like, hooray, we have not talked about the Bulls. Well, we're going to change that. Sorry. We're going to talk about the Bulls, what happened last night, and what happens going forward. There is some news coming out of the Advocate Center, which I will share with you about some of the injured players on the Bulls and where they're at right now. So we'll do that next here on The Score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Lawrence Holmes, noon to two on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. It's time for the two-minute report. Two minutes. What? Not one, but two. Oh, say less. It's time for the two-minute report on the Lawrence Holmes Show. Can't wait. On the right side, it's Holiday, change of direction at the foul line with a spin on White and the five-footer, and then the lob to the rim yep. to Lopez, and he puts it down with the right hand. They got caught, saw Lopez standing right there, and it wasn't being boxed out hard by Vooch. Just threw it near the rim for Lopez to tip it in. It's a 15-3 run. Giannis to the rim with a left-hand layup, and they're oh. going to count it, and the foul with a late whistle and continuation, and that's going to go against Derek Jones Jr.'s third foul in three minutes. Giannis flips it in. Williams tried to take the charge. That time there wasn't enough contact. And Giannis is able to get the deuce. He's got six in the quarter and 29 on the game of 10 of 11 shooting. The Bucks advance and they will get the Boston Celtics with the first game in Boston this weekend. Ball game over, series over, season over. The Milwaukee Bucks advance. This was a really, really special group to, to work with. Um, I was really, really blessed and fortunate to be around all these guys. I think just the professionalism and the way they put the team first will always stand out to me. And then I think that what we had to endure and go through, you know, with all the, um, you know, different missing pieces at different points in time during the year and the way they stuck together. They never complained, you know, even with the the COVID protocols and guys going in and out, the testing and everything else, they kind of, you know, really tried to focus on what they can control and never whined, never complained, you know, about even when 
when it got difficult with some of the stuff and then when our whole team got kind of infected at that one time just their spirit their attitude every single day made it very very easy to go to work and and work with these guys and you know i think that they you know tried to to, to give uh, each other their very very best and I'm always be grateful for that um, like I said I think their heart and their intention was always for the team first and to try to do what they could to help the team highlights courtesy of the score thank you to Chuck and Bill for a really good year of Bulls basketball here on the score you heard from Billy Donovan the Bulls are actually kind of wrapping up their media session with everyone like their you know post-mortem stuff Tomorrow, we'll have some sound that we'll go through, and Cody Westerlin will join me, and we'll talk about some of it. But there there are a couple of news items that I wanted to pass along to you. Our, our friend, Joe Cowley, had this inside of his timeline, and it has to do with Lonzo Ball. Joe tweets, Lonzo Ball says now the team is done. His, his focus is on himself and getting the knee better but felt like his shooting against the the Bucks could have for sure helped, and then the defense he could have played on the other end. Lonzo Ball says his knee is at a standstill right now, going to see a specialist next week to figure things out, still has pain, that's not good. And then Callie wraps that up by saying, another procedure isn't being ruled out on the knee for Lonzo Ball. So that's not great. That's that's not what any of us wanted, is it? No. You wanted to know for sure that Lonzo Ball was going to be healthy and ready to roll next year because he will be an integral part of what it is that you hope to accomplish for next season's team. I'm curious on what the what the ratings are on the game, on the score, and on NBC Sports Chicago. I wonder if Bulls fans had any hope going into that game and i know that i have dispo- i have you at my disposal so if you want to text in going into the game did you have any hope 312-644-6767 you can also hit us up on twitch inside the chat there twitch.tv slash chicago 670 the score the reason that i ask it is that i am required to watch the game Obviously, I grew up a Bulls fan. I still would consider myself a Bulls fan. I am required to watch the game. But there were multiple moments inside of that game where I was like, if I was not required to watch this game, I would not watch this game. It was like all the stuff, you know, Giannis just bulldozer ring. Is that a a verb? his way through the lane and Bulls players just falling this way and that way and fouls aren't being called. It's just all sorts of weird stuff. Then you see DeMar inside of that game do exactly what you're supposed to do. You're the focal point of the opponent's defense. That means that there's going to be your teammates are going to be open. Pass them the ball. They will have open looks from three. Well, he did that. He did it over and over again. And what happened, what had happened was, is that the Bulls can't shoot. 
I know that not having Zach and not having Lonzo, that plays a role. Lonzo was talking about his shooting could have definitely helped out in the series. Yesterday, considering the way that Milwaukee was playing defense against DeMar, there were corner three opportunities, and that's where Lonzo excelled as a three-point shooter over the last couple of seasons. They've got to get more people that can make shots more consistently. And I know that that's a, a very simple way to talk about basketball, but it's a simple game. I heard that all season. Simple game. Stacy says that every night, and he's right. It is a simple game. And that means you got to find folks that can hit threes, people that you are confident in, in hitting threes. My other thing, I don't think it'll happen, but I would like for it to. I would like for DeMar to be more of a three-point threat. That doesn't mean he has to go out here and shoot 10 threes a game. But right now, he's shooting about one three a game. If that number could get to four, I'd be happy. Like That's something where he could add it to his game and it would completely change the way that the Bulls are defended. I hope that he does that because he's so extraordinary. And I, I have enjoyed watching him play this year. And I wasn't sure that I was going to. I wasn't down on the move. I I was one of the people who was like, yeah, that's the going rate for a player like that. And then you see him play and you see some of the marvelous things that he was able to do throughout the season. And there's an appreciation for it. He seems like the type of player that tries to get better. And I, I've been in, in conversations with the people that I trust about basketball. I've said his mentor did this. Kobe Bryant wasn't always a three-point shooter. But in the last two full years of his career, and DeMar's got two full years left with the Bulls, he shot more three-pointers. I don't need him to be James Harden. Although the, the games aren't terribly dissimilar. But James shoots, shoots threes a lot. Like That's part of his thing. I just need him to replicate the field goal attempts from behind the arc that Kobe did in his last two full seasons. And I even gave him some slack because I think Kobe was above five the last two seasons. I need DeMar to get to four. Four per game. Make that a thing in the offseason. You got the other stuff. You don't even need to work on that. You got that. Everyone knows that you are the, the mid-range king. You got all of that. Step back two feet this summer and just work on that and it'll be even more devastating, in my opinion. Tomorrow, I expect that we'll have a kind of full-fledged conversation about the Bulls and what this meant. But let me just say before I move on to a couple things about the Cubs. Had this season been reversed, had the Bulls started, like, stumbled, if you flip the records pre- and post-All-Star break, and it's the Bulls fighting to be the sixth seed, 
with all the injuries and sicknesses and everything else that's happened to them. Even a a the way that they got pounded in this series by Milwaukee would feel okay because you would feel like they were building towards something. But the way that the the season went for for the Bulls, it felt like they lost something along the way, and that's why it felt bad. Like it, it you're you're watching it was like oh man, like you guys were the number one seed in the Eastern Conference in February. You did have an MVP candidate for a big portion of the season. You did have two all-stars on your team. And then it just unraveled. When it got down to the serious time where teams were looking at positioning in the Eastern Conference, when, when you were seeing rotations get shortened, you saw the Bulls wither. And, and that's kind of the sad part, that if it just was reversed, we would be sky high about the Bulls. But there's still so much that needs to be figured out. So we'll talk about it with Cody tomorrow, and, and we'll hear from the particulars over there at the Advocate Center about what happens next. By the way, this hour is being brought to you by Busey Bank. And our segment with Joe, which we did earlier, is brought to you by PointsBet. The Cubs had a great comeback win last night. Ray, let's share it with the people. It's time for the Cubs Minute. Chicago Cubs baseball is on the air. Fly the W! Wrigleyville fans are awesome. Great food. It's, you know, it's tough to beat. Cubbies. The Cubs Minute on the Lawrence Holmes Show. See if he can get something up in his own. He can hit to the outfield. He does. He lines one to left field. Coming in, Ozuna makes the catch. Suzuki tagging and scoring easily. Suzuki sliding in. There was no throw from Ozuna. And the Cubs now lead 3 to nothing. Hap with the RBI. A solid line drive to the opposite field and left. The 1-1 from Matzik. Line drive, base hit, left field. The Cubs have the lead. Ian Happ will score. This is going to be a double for Contreras. And the Cubs lead 4-3. to three. Contreras at third. And the pitch. Swung on, hit in the air. Deep left center. Back toward the wall. It's got a chance. Gone. Patrick Wisdom, a two-run homer. And the Cubs now lead 6-3. to three. No issue with throwing a fast, your best fastball in the middle of the plate. See what happens. There it is. Strike three. Call. Ball game over. The Cubs win it by a score of six to three in ten innings. Rowan Wick strikes out Adam Duvall, and the Cubs win the ball game. It's a nice win for the Cubs last night. Highlight courtesy of the score. Pat and Ron on the call. They bullpen the the start, and they got. Good work. Like they they basically ended up bullpenning a quality start yesterday. And yeah, it got dicey. It, it almost looked like you were going to give the win away in last night's game, but they bounced back. Ian Happ has had a really good start to the season. It's been fun to watch him. Like I was telling Dan in transition, I, I've always kind of rooted for him. Because I felt like, man, he, he's close to a breakthrough. And when you look at what he's done to start the season off, you should be pretty happy. 
I don't know how sustainable it is, but I know through 53 at bats, 340, 446, 955 for Ian Happ, which is a good thing. A couple home runs, had the sack fly in yesterday's game. And then Seiya Suzuki, two for five, a double, an RBI. He's still hitting 333. Still, the OPS is still 1.090. So you're you're getting good work out of him still. Luckily, like the wisdom home run was on time, not just for the game, but for his season. He's he struggled and scuffled a little bit. So that that was a a very important home run that was hit, hopefully for Patrick Wisdom. But yeah, man, like watching. Watching a couple of good things have happened for the Cubs in this trip to Atlanta. Like, we've seen Marcus Stroman have a good start, even though they didn't win. We see Seiya Suzuki continue to do what he's doing. Patrick Wisdom gets a big home run. Ian Happ stays hot. And and week-to-week, game-to-game is going to be kind of how we judge the, the Cubs. Because I don't think there are any real expectations on them, but it would be nice to see this stuff continue with some other stuff added in. Like maybe Contreras gets a little hotter, like he was big in yesterday's game too. But you look at what Hap did yesterday, a hit, a sacrifice, fly, RBI, and two walks. That's a hell of a day at the plate. That's getting stuff done. We come back, we'll get back to the Bulls next here on The Score. Lawrence Holmes, noon to two on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. I know that I speak for probably like a minority of people when it comes to talking about the value of Zach Levine to the Bulls franchise going forward. I am stuck. I know that he is in line for a max deal, and and I want to go on the record in saying that he has earned that. He has absolutely earned that with his play. But that doesn't make me feel better about where things stand with him and the Bulls and whether or not the Bulls are the ones that should be giving him the max. Although in in any sort of sign and trade, I guess they technically be giving him the max. I think that Zach is a player whose body is older than he is. And when you look at what his body has been through, and he was out here in warrior mode this year, and he deserves credit for that too. I don't feel good about casting aspersions on whether or not the Bulls should go gonzo to give Zach a max deal. I understand why he's a fan favorite, and he should be a fan favorite. I just don't want the Bulls to end up spending money on a player that then down the road we end up regretting that they did it, and the signs were all there, and the refrain will be, well, they had to give him the max. No, they don't. They don't, especially if that need looks worse than it is. So I, I'm curious of what will happen over the next couple weeks. Hopefully he just gets better physically from the COVID stuff, but count me as skeptical, and I'll just leave it at that. When I come back, 
Spiegel, Grody. Talk to them next here on The Score. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.